Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Kelly, it's been a whole week. How are you feeling sitting on that skull and bones information? I have decided I am going to be a pirate. I've sat on the information, and I've said to myself, you know what? This is it. This is my path in life. So This is what I was born to do. Just to be clear, that means you're going to get a boat and start like stealing other people's boats? Yes. In real life, not in the game. Not boats. Just um, gold, doubloons, parrots, spices. Um, Lots of plunder. Yeah, other goods. Other goods and plunder. Okay, but you're not going to play the game. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I really like that we're going to bring up Skull and Bones every week till launch. Yeah, I feel like it's a good, um, it's a good conversation topic, especially to do, you know, over and over and over again for several months, and then probably for months after launch as well. Exactly. We'll just have to wait and see if that game release comes out. A blunder or a plunder? Oh, very good. Something that's probably going to come out inevitably as a blunder now seems to be Skate 4. This is something we've known about for a little while. Skate fans are a huge niche. They are very passionate about the game. Skate 3 still is being played by a lot of people. And Skate 4 has been in slow development for a good while now. But we can finally confirm that it has a title that is not Skate 4. It is, in fact, Skate. Because reboot culture is not at all confusing. Uh, <laughs> it will be free to play. Um, it'll be cross-play, which is cool. But uh, the free to play means that there will be microtransactions that will increase, uh, that will add visual upgrades and also convenience so yeah i feel like everything about this was fine it was okay until the word convenience got tossed in like using the word convenience to describe a microtransaction is is concerning in my opinion yeah what do they mean by that probably like pay to win or not like pay to win, but like pay to skip all of the game mechanics. I don't know. I, it's not like Skate's a competitive game. I mean, there's like scores and stuff and in that sense you're competing. But like, I don't know. What does convenience mean? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, shouldn't it always be convenient? You're playing something for leisure. Yeah. Shouldn't it be convenient in 2022 or whatever year this game comes out in? Just sell the game. Just make a full price game with full price worth amount of content and let that be the end of the story. I mean, that just happened with like Tony Hawk. They released the Pro Skater collection, what, last year? And it was a huge hit. People are very happy. They loved it. Just do that. They're not going to do that, though. We They're know for sure now. And it's also called Skate, which is not at all confusing. <laughs> I want that trend to end. I want it to die. Just yeah. Give it a subtitle. If you want to get rid of the four, just give it a subtitle. Because subtitles yeah. don't scare away newcomers, but 
Who am I? Who am I to argue? It's, yeah, it's like a branding issue. Yeah, I'm sorry that I I shouldn't be arguing. I'm sorry, EA. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Apologies to EA to Electronic Arts for my uh, uh, my ignorance, for my rudeness, and for my ignorance. That's right. Kelly's so upset that she felt the need to punch her microphone. Was that Sorry, necessary? this little me- this little metal bit hangs out so it's easy to hit. It, no, I think you're just mad at the EA. Yeah, that's I think that's a more reasonable explanation. Stop trying to t- divert. Stop trying to um Stop trying to Nordisk. Stop trying to super massive. Mm. Stop trying to super massive dodge the 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 accusation, Kelly. What's the accusation? That, you... that I am so mad that I hit my microphone. Yeah, I rebuke that. In a wow, what a super massive allegation. I'm trying close. real hard here, Kelly. I think the best bet is to just to cut me off at some point and just start talking. I'm trying. I'm really trying. Um, good news. Maybe not good news. What does it all mean anyway? Um, Nordisk Games, which is a, a big company based in Copenhagen, has acquired Supermassive Games, uh, who you know made Until Dawn, the Dark Pictures Anthology, and most recently, the quarry. Um, they already had a stake in the studio last year. They purchased the stake, and now they have bought the whole thing. Um, I found this interesting because, to me, a studio, a studio like Supermassive, seems <laughs> not being funny, but it seems pretty big. Um, to be able to make these games. Um, but, so it was interesting to me that they could be bought. By a not huge name, I guess is the thing that threw me. Yeah. If it was like Microsoft acquires Supermassive. Actually, I guess Sony would make the most sense. If that happened, I would understand. But this is like, it took me a long time to learn about who this was. Um, the only, like, they currently own Avalanche, who works on Just Cause, and they own Mercury Steam, who worked on Metroid Dread, and those were really the only names I recognized. It just feels weird for, like, it feels like this is a conglomerate buying a company. It doesn't feel like it's going to create any difference whatsoever as far as like workflow or video game production, which is good and bad. Yeah. It's good because we don't want that. We don't want them to start making like free to play multiplayer, super massive games or something with, I don't even, yeah. Like I don't even think they could, but it's too much. I think independence is also really cool. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. Supermassive never felt that way to me. They, you know, how much money those games probably cost to make. The just the just the talent alone, like paying for those actors, who like, yeah, they're not always they're not like A list actors a lot of the times, but you know, 
they're expecting a pretty penny to be in something that's not a TV show or a movie. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. I think Supermassive's like one of the most famous publisher hoppers, you know, because they worked on Until Dawn with Sony. They worked on the Dark Pictures anthology with Bandai. And then who did The Quarry? Was it 2K? Yeah, it was 2K. They're really good at hopping publishers, and that's not going to change because Nordisk is not a publisher. It just owns a bunch of studios that still publish their games through other studios. Right. It's just adding another layer of confusion for me. This feels like a weird one to me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Mm. Oh, well. An acquisition that did happen that I don't dislike because I kind of don't care. (laughs) <laughs> is Nintendo acquiring Dynamo Pictures. I didn't recognize the name of this, but they are going to rename it to Nintendo Pictures, which is pretty straightforward. This is the studio that made the Pikmin uh, 3D animated shorts a few years ago. Those shorts were adorable and incredibly well made. So I don't know if they're going to p- use the studio to maybe like market their games with cute animations. I don't know if they have something bigger in mind, maybe films or even just like more short films. Who's to say? But I think it is cool to have like an in- in-house animation studio. Though I don't exactly know what they'll do yet. That's just something we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't already have an in-house animation studio. Yeah, I mean, I guess... The, the idea is that, like, a lot of their video game studios just can animate, so they don't need an animation studio. But right. this isn't a bad thing by any stretch. Are you, ex- well, do, you- are you, do you want more Pikmin short movies? Did you see those? Have you seen those? Yeah, I've seen a... F- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they were adorable. I like the yeah. one where Olimar looks like he's slaughtering Pikmin for consumption. And I... scared. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Pikmin. Um, I think that any video game where there are little fellows or little guys. <laughs> little um, fellows. I'm, I'm already in, you know, I'm already sold. And Pikmin is all about little guys and little fellows. So It's functionally just a little fellow game. <laughs> little fellow simulator. <laughs> They're just so cute. I'm, they really are. I'm excited to see more of whatever comes from this. Hopefully that means there's something already in the works and it's not like going to be years before we know, before we see anything from this partnership. Yeah, hopefully. Who knows? With the way the world is these days. One minute you could be talking about Pikmin shorts and the next you could be talking about Kirby, the little pink fellow, eating stuff. Is there any particular reason why we'd be seeing Kirby right now? Perhaps it's because a new Kirby game was just announced for the Nintendo Switch. In a sort of uh, four-player, multiplayer Kirby game called Kirby's Dream Buffet was announced for this summer. Um, It seems to be sort of a Fall Guys-esque, like you're racing through obstacle courses with other little Kirbys. Um, and you have to get strawberries and such. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very cute, obviously, because Kirby's involved. Um, I thought it was interesting that two things I thought were very interesting that at the end of the trailer, 
it says um, coming summer 2022, which is, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, <laughs> it is almost the end of July. So summer really, there's only so much time before that, that window closes. Um, and also it said available on Nintendo eShop, which kind of gave me the impression that um, this is just going to be um, a digital download only. No, uh, no physical copy, which doesn't surprise me because it seems to be sort of a little one-off like co-op game not co-op four-player game i should say um so maybe it'll be free to play i don't know yeah i think the download versus buy makes me think that it is probably free to play yeah i don't know if this is like they don't need to monetize it very heavily it's more of a marketing thing for forgotten land or if they are gonna have like visual things that you can buy like new kirby costumes <laughs> it looks fun i mean it's not what i would have expected especially like it's been a long time since nintendo announced something unprovoked on twitter if if you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i just don't expect to wake up to nintendo trailers but here i was and i assume that means that there was a Nintendo, not there was a Nintendo Direct, but like if there was going to be a Nintendo Direct, they just decided to make it tweets because mm -hmm. there's this and then there's the next news item, which we'll talk about in a second. It really feels like they just didn't want to have like an underwhelming Direct. So instead they just put a couple trailers online and then did that third party, the mini Direct last last week. Yeah. Are you going to play it though? Depends. I don't know if I'd spend money on it, but maybe. I've spent money on dumber things. I bought the <laughs> Pusheen costume for my little Fall Guy character, so. That doesn't sound dumb at all. <laughs> I couldn't, I could not help myself. I saw it and I said, I can't stop myself from spending real US dollars on this. How much is a Fall Guy? Of Like the full costume? Yeah. I think it's like 1800 um, the little rainbow coins, which the game starts you off with like, actually, I think the game starts you off with zero and you can either buy them or earn them. Um, and I just started the game, so I bought them because I um, am a fool. I have disposable income and I love Pusheen. And those three traits really cause a lot of drama and stress fiscally for me yeah you still particularly the cost, being a but... full one well it's not it's not like a how much did you pay like 10 bucks okay okay but that's because i couldn't get the one pack because the one pack of like a thousand is eight bucks okay so i had to buy two to to get 1800 if that makes sense yeah that's how they get you probably yeah, because there's not any, there's no like 2,000 amount. It's like the, the amounts are weird, you know? I And $8 is very random. But I did redeem some Nintendo Switch eShop coins, so I got some money off. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. Is the Pusheen cute at least? Yeah, you get two. You get the like classic like grayish brown Pusheen, and then you get like a little white unicorn Pusheen. We should play Fall Guys soon. Yeah, I'm uh, really good at it. It's cross-platform, right? 
Because I play on PlayStation. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's... I bought it. Well, I didn't buy it. I downloaded it initially on the Switch. But if you've ever played an online game on the Switch, it's not hooked up to like the Ethernet cable. Everybody moves like two frames a second. Um, <laughs> so I ended up just downloading it on my PC instead and just signing into my account there. So everything transferred and it's like a lot smoother just because it's still cross-platform, but it's just the internet is just better. Yeah. So. I mean, I played it back when it came out, when it cost money, but it was free on PlayStation Plus. And it is funny how different it feels now. I popped in very briefly for some games and like it was nice because there was a lot more games mm-hmm. in circulation. So it didn't feel like I was playing the same three games. Yeah. But... I did remember, we're not talking that much about Fall Guys, but I guess I'll share. I did remember why I ended up quitting, and it's because there's so many loading screens. Like, between each (laughs) game, you have to wait for another loading screen. And, like, compared to other Battle Royales where it's one loading screen at the start and that's it, it just gets kind of annoying mid-game to be like, okay, stop. Now we're just going to load the next part. Yeah. And I kind of wish that it, like, just took a little longer to load at the start and loaded up every mini-game. And we were like, didn't have to wait between because that would be the pace would be incredible that way. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I was so used to loading screens with Overwatch that it's like it didn't really I didn't think about it that much. But even Overwatch, it really only has like one loading screen, but it sometimes takes four million years. But I don't play Overwatch anymore, so it doesn't matter. Even though I've got a mad hankering to play Overwatch again, I'm not going to because I don't want to, even though I want to. <laughs> I'm Does pr- that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm proud. Ethically. <laughs> well, you- I also would love, I mean, I would love it if I could just like not do, I I mean, you know what I mean? Just like shut off my brain and be like, I'm going to play. But it's also one of those games that if you don't play for a long time and you come back to it, you're like, I don't even know where I am right now, you know? Yeah. Hard to transition back into. Yeah. There's just a lot of like meta that, that takes more time to understand than just like playing a few quick play games and then jumping into competitive mode. Yeah, maybe I'll play it someday. I won't. Audience, he won't be playing it. How do you know? I don't. Oh. I must have misheard you. I like to spread misinformation. Do you want to hear some correct information that'll make you happy, maybe? Yeah, I do actually. So I was uh, running a little late for my job on Wednesday. I was a little behind. And I was like, uh-oh, got to book it. And I finally was, a f- I was just a few minutes behind. And I was walking to my car. And while I walked, I just impulsively opened YouTube on my phone just to see if there were any new subscription uploads. And I see a trailer for a game dropped unexpectedly and it wasn't Kirby's Dream Buffet. It was the release date trailer for Bayonetta 3. I give that context because even though I already was late for work, I instantly turned around, walked back to my home, sat down on my couch and was like, I have to watch this on my full-size television. I will not be watching this trailer on my phone. So I was a little extra late for work, but it's okay, because Bayonetta 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch officially on October 
28th. Ooh. I think we were getting to the point where a delay felt very, very possible. So hearing this news was an enormous, gigantic relief. And I am so utterly thrilled and so ready to see this game played on my television because it looks so good. Like, this trailer was insane. Even more insane than the last trailer we saw. It has so many mechanics. They introduced characters that we haven't seen. They showed us who that short-haired mysterious character was at the end of the last trailer. Her name is Viola. She's a witch in training. She has a sword. And she's also a playable character. Something that we don't often see in Bayonetta games. At least not for more than just a little gimmick. So being able to play as a second full character will be very cool. I still have some uh, some ideas about who she might be in connection to this story. We also got some like lore information. There's more than one Bayonetta. We know that for sure now. Because this trailer showed another Bayonetta. And also it appears to be like there's some like universe stuff going on. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm pumped. This trailer is incredible. It now feels like a real video game. A real video game that I'll get to play very, very soon. October 28th is three months from now. Ooh. Aside from the fact that I'm like excited to play it soon, how is October only three months away? I know. Holy mother of change. Um, Kelly, are you excited for this game? I'm excited for you. I think October's a great release date because, you know, it's like spooky and witches and yeah, all that, that fun Bayonetta stuff. That it is looks what really we pre- fun. We predicted the October in our like predictions video at the end of last year. We had the wrong day. We both said the 14th, but hey, two weeks is pretty close. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I think it's also very cool because Bayonetta 1 originally came out on October 29th. So this feels like a cute little a cute little nod to that. And I know it's we've been waiting a long time, but I am okay with that now that I realize how real this game is and how it looks. It looks big, it looks cool, it looks bombastic. The combat looks incredibly fun. I don't I I'm gonna stop because I just want to say more and more positive stuff about it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited. This it's it's gonna be a hoot, a holler, and a half. If my most anticipated game of this year didn't end up coming out this year, it would have been it would have hurt a little bit, I gotta be honest. So I'm glad this yeah. one didn't get pushed. Yeah, me too. And, and I wouldn't have been like mad at them because you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, but oh thank God. It is here. It is only three months away. Woo! I don't even know. I, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's here. So, Kelly, we play video games. Yes, from time to time. You want to know what I played this week? Sure. Nothing. Oh. I watched things. 
Netflix released the Resident Evil television series. I watched the first two episodes. That series is a lot longer than I knew. I thought it, I knew it was eight episodes. I don't know where I heard this or like decided it was the truth, but I thought they were 20 minute episodes. They're all an hour long. So it's a, it's a hefty show. I decided, all right, I'll just watch the first episode for the show so I can give impressions, but I'm probably going to hate it. I watched the first episode. I didn't adore it, but something was there enough to make me watch the second episode as well. It's not accurate to the show, to the movies. I'm sorry. I can't talk to the games. Uh, the zombies don't really feel like Resident Evil zombies per se. They're fast and they like function through smell, which like, I guess it's not something we specifically don't know about Resident Evil zombies, but like it is not a one-to-one thing. Wesker is very cool, but also I, I don't think he's exactly the same character we know. There's a lot of plot I still got to get through. I got I still got six hours of show, but I will say it's pretty good. Like I like it a lot more than I expected. It's flawed. There's some like there's a lot of leaps in logic, like pretty consistent leaps in logic. There was a scene earlier, and this is not a leap in logic so much as like a silly moment. But there was a character hacking, you know, like I'm in. Mm-hmm. But he had like a hacking window that just looked like a regular little programming window. Mm-hmm. And then he w- he was just like mashing on the keyboard like you do. And then at the end, in all caps, it said, congratulations. And then he's like, all right, I'm in. And I'm like, what hacking window says congratulations <laughs> when you successfully hack? Really bad one. Yeah, it was very silly. And like, there's a lot of like points where things are like pushing the bounds of realism a little too far. Not that a show with a giant zombie worm is supposed to be realistic, but also like. But what if it was? Yeah, maybe it should be just a little more. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a good show, I think. I'll give more full impressions later, but like I'm enjoying it. It's bombastic. It uh is consistently jumping back and forth between like a present day timeline, like 2022 and a future timeline 10 years after that so we're getting to see like new raccoon city with wesker and his two daughters before the outbreak and then the flash forward portion of the show is one of those daughters all grown up getting through the world trying to survive the savage zombie filled savage human being filled wasteland um I'll probably talk about this more if I end up finishing it. We'll see if I'm in the mood. But as it stands, if you got a minute and you want to watch something on Netflix and you like Resident Evil at all, this isn't accurate, but it is fun. So I kind of recommend it. Mm. And I also wanted to share a thought I had because I was inspired by all this to play Resident Evil 4 VR more because I never did end up finishing that game. And it's so good. It's so incredibly good. And it feels like it is the game that proves to me that like VR can be a 
VR games can be games, not just like little novel experiences. They can be full games with really deep mechanics and really interesting stories and fun level design and all this stuff that we love about traditional video games. But I just can't, I just can't do it. I can't. <laughs> and I like, it's, it doesn't make me sick or anything. It's just like such a commitment. And I know that's silly, but like just having to stand up and go stand in my living room and put a giant piece of plastic on my face and move around for an hour versus like plop my butt on the couch and stare at the television with a controller in my hand, not moving much. It's just not a medium that I can see myself sinking as much time. Like there are, are traditional video games that I have well over a hundred hours in and there is no singular VR game I could possibly do that with except like Beat Saber. But that's not even a game. That's like that experience thing I talked about. And I'm kind yeah. of, I don't know. It's it's like I've been thinking a lot about it lately and I don't know where I stand. But like all I'll say is like my, my excitement for PlayStation VR 2 has kind of waned as I'm coming to this realization. And I don't regret having my, my Oculus Quest 2. But I don't know if I'm going to be a VR gamer. I don't know. Yeah. And I, it stinks. It's it's definitely one of those things that's like, I don't even know if commitment is the right word, but there is an aspect to it that is not, like, they tell you not to sit too close to a screen because it's supposed to be bad for your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so what it, what is it when you are wearing goggles that are a screen? Like, you know what I mean? Is it really, like, I just am not sure that VR is really the optimal way to experience things. I feel like it is uncomfortable more often than not. And I feel like it is expensive because not only are you buying, you know, your regular gaming console, but now you're buying a whole headset too. It's like a whole other expense that you're putting on top of that. It's not the returns. I feel in my opinion, the returns are diminishing. A lot of the games on VR just aren't, like you said, their experiences are not really like full narrative games. Um, So I just don't know if they're really worth it. And I don't know if they ever will be. Um, I think a virtual space where, you know, a virtual space where you can explore a different world is cool and exciting. But I just don't know if having that big, bulky headset and those little those little controllers in your hands i just don't know if it's it's not the future of gaming i don't think that that it was sort of proposed as initially no that or it's a more distant future if that makes sense yeah like for example if if instead of taking this giant white headset and two funky looking controllers if i maybe put on like more normal looking glasses and gloves that might feel better. Yeah. Like if if they in, if they come up with gloves, which I know they exist in like some some fashion, but if they made a consumer grade glove that had like haptic feedback so it would like stop when it should stop. Like if you go to pick up a baseball, it knows when your finger should stop and it resists. So it feels like you're holding that thing. And also there's very little weighing on my face to remind me constantly that I am in a virtual space. I think then maybe, but let's be realistic. That's probably like a decade away. 
And at that point, why not just be like, well, let's wait like two or three decades when I just take my little black mirror magnet thing and stick it to the side of my head and I enter a virtual space in my brain. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think traditional video games are real cool and they're doing real good right now and I'm okay keeping it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, Kelly, have you played any video games this week? You know, it's funny as I did. I was sort of just mucking about on Steam and um, there's a lot of sales going on right now as there always are. But I saw this little game that was recommended for me in my Steam does this thing where they like curate a personal queue for you where they take games based on the games that you already play and they sort of recommend them. Um, there was a little game recommended to me called Muta- Mutagion. Mutagion. Um, it's supposed to be like a play on the word mutation um, because you play as a young woman who is visiting her ailing grandfather on this little island where everyone is sort of a mutant. Oh. Everyone's mutated. Um, very, very interesting concept. Um, I did not play for almost two hours. I played for like an hour. Uh-huh. Um, I just checked my playtime. It felt like longer, but it's it's a very interesting game. Um, the mechanic is like you, your grandfather was is a botanist of some sort, and he has this huge book of plants. And when I tell you this book is huge, I'm not exaggerating. I opened it, and I read like the first five entries, and you know, they were all very detailed and it felt real because they were like you, you would use this in like like a certain mushroom cap you would use in like an anesthetic and that's what it said and i go oh i wonder how many entries there are click 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 it was huge i was shocked um so the whole concept is you have a little garden um and you're you you're on this island and you know you become involved in these these people's these mutants lives um, and everybody, it's, it's a really colorful cast of characters. Um, the game in its core, the story is about like community, um, about like connection. Um, and I think that having those characters be so interesting is like, it really helps solidify that, um, plot line. Like there is a little, uh, scientist, but he is sort of a, a, he's just like a blob. Like he's just like a blobular thing um and he lives down in the cave and you can bring him stuff and he will like synthesize the stuff that you bring him into like nutrients for himself he's just like a blob but he's a scientist and then there's this um there's this green fellow who you he's kind of like socially awkward and he's like one of the first people that you meet on the island and you and him kind of develop a friendship based on you know sort of childhood traumas and like you know, his dad and your dad. And it's it's very interesting um, because it's like these are characters that probably shouldn't be super relatable because a lot of the times they are very inhuman looking. Like they're like these little bean guys who just like run around. But but you end up starting to relate to them because they're written in a, in a way that is very compelling. Um, the visuals are really, really nice. The backgrounds are hand-painted. Um, so it has a very nice, aesthetically pleasing uh, visual to the eye. Um, 
very very simple style. I mean, the main character doesn't even really have a face. She just has like a haircut and her head, and she doesn't even have a face. Um, but somehow, I feel like the emotion that can, she conveys is is you can tell what it is because of her body language and the way that she is um, animated. Um, the music is really good. It's very ambient, um, and you know, I find it to be, it's a very relaxing game. It's not very high stakes. It's kind of a walking simulator. I mean, you go different places and you talk to different people and you can choose how you respond to them, but for the most part, but there's not a whole lot of flexibility and choice and stuff like that. Um, it was on sale, so I got it for $10 on Steam. Um, in my opinion, it was well worth the price because I felt like it was worth the $10 in the 45-hour minute hour that I played. Um, 45 minute to an hour that I played. And then, uh, I don't know. It's actually, it's on every platform now. Um, so it's on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch as of May last year. So um, I would recommend it if you're into sort of the low-key indie game um, and if you really enjoy like character stuff like if you enjoy getting to know characters and stuff like that I would definitely recommend it because it is very very dependent on the characters there's like this cat person she's like very tall and there's like a little bartender and I don't know it's just like I don't know what it is about the characters I just like I care so much about what's happening to them and all their drama with each other um, and everybody's like all excited and happy to see you because uh, your mother used to live on the island and they all remember her and um, I don't know it's just very interesting I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did while you were talking I was watching like footage and stuff and it has a really really in incredible art style Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that and I, I think it's really cool it's also on Apple Arcade so like I don't have experience with that because I don't have and I have an Apple computer but that's it if I had a an iPad perhaps I would definitely have Apple Arcade but I think it looks really cool and I'm excited that you enjoyed it yeah I'm going to play some more right now maybe well I guess that's uh as good, <laughs> as good a transition into the conclusion as ever. Kelly? Andrew? This has been Talking Games. With who? What? What With do you mean? With who? With Kelly and Andrew? Who is that? I don't know. They sound like a bunch of hacks. They are. And I sure hope we don't see them again next week. Same time. Same platforms. You will though. No, this has been I'm I'm Andrew. Oh, oh, and I'm Kelly. But before we close out today, we have a very exciting word from our co-sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Sentry, a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. You all know them. You all love them. Uh, their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games, and you can find them on Twitch at twitch.tv/pghsentry. That's P G. H-S-E-N-T-R-Y or go to their website smacksentry.gg which is S-M-A-K-S-E-N-T-R-Y dot G-G to find more info about attending or viewing their awesome content. 
thank you guys, as always, for being such an incredible co-sponsor. We will be back next week. And thank you for listening to Us Talk Games. Thanks. Bye.